right, we're blue. We're blue. Welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast for uh, Tuesday, June eighth, two thousand twenty-one. That's Ian in a blue Drake's cake shirt. Yes. This is Pat in a Mister Met officially licensed Mets T-shirt. How are we doing today out there? How are you doing? This is a CU podcast. We're, we got lots of stuff to cover. We got a play date update. Absolutely. Update. A good one. Well, we're going to be talking about a Taito a title mini arcade cabinet. Lots of fun little mini news and and, and uh, washed up uh, former arcade uh, pros trying to sue YouTubers and things. Things of that nature. Um, Ian, how was your weekend? My weekend was stellar. Thank you. Stellar. Stellar. Is stellar right below excellent? About very good? No, it's, or about very good? It was, it was good. It was good. Uh, You're already falling off a little, Ian. Come a little closer to, to Daddy Pat. I don't want to. Okay. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, no, it was good. It was a good weekend. Uh, there was some sadness in the D&D group. Uh, uh, we, uh, we lost two of our uh, five party members. Press F to pay respects. Yep. Uh, it was... Uh, it was a it was a sad moment. Uh, Vani's character, uh, Flan, went down. Flan, Flan, what a great name! Went down trying to rescue uh, someone else in our group who had already gone down. A large bone clawed bear thing of some sort oh. had, had killed them. Fifteen foot claws on the fucker. F- Fifteen foot claws, and how tall is the actual creature? <sighs> I don't know, but th- that's where we got into issues. Could be like two hundred feet. So we got then. into issues. It okay. killed. It, 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 it incapacitated uh, our one character, and then Vani went running after to save it and it has a reaction attack that when you're within 15 feet of it it can attack you with the claws and then snare you with them oh wow yeah it was bad wow bad. we all we, we all had a, a oh, that was good that was a stellar part of the weekend though well no seeing vani's character get no that was not good but it was fun it's all part of the game um I also uh, did a wild, uh, wild and wacky thing. Wild and crazy kids. Uh, wild and crazy kids. Bought a thing that I normally would not purchase, um, but I. Oh, I got so many jokes I could have done there, Ian. But I love you too much. I mean, I, I don't care. Uh, you can joke all you want. Um, I had the opportunity to get an Oculus Quest Two for basically nothing. I'm not going to get into why. But, what? Um, Fall off the back of a truck. No, <laughs> no. Um, so I I decided to pick it up, and I, I have to tell you, I, you people who have listened to us on the podcast know you know no one listens to us. We've never been particularly like crazy enthusiastic about VR. Um, for me, my main experience with virtual reality has been the uh, PSVR, the PlayStation Four virtual reality headset, and um, I have to admit that you know my first time using it, it was very cool. Um, but the setup is a pain in the ass. And uh, our friend Tom lent me his PlayStation VR. And honestly, with virtual reality, I kind of only want to do it for like 30 minutes at a time. It's not something I want to spend like a whole lot of time in. And the whole setup and breakdown of it and all the cords really meant that I just never really used that PlayStation VR headset. Um, but I got the Quest, and I got to say that like having... No wires is a huge deal. No wires. No wires is like amazing. I literally just pick the damn thing up, put it on my head, Super grab Sonic. my controllers. And, Place to be. Woo! I'm here. Joystick that I want to put. I get the commercial. Camera, yeah. America. Um. So I did what any person would do the first night that they uh, got this VR headset. I got extremely, extremely high. 
Oh, I, I thought you'd go right to porn. That's what a lot of people probably do. Oh. They get v, a VR no, headset. No. I got, okay, I got extremely, extremely high. I was aroused. Uh, no, uh, ate a bunch of edibles and uh, downloaded uh, two games right off the bat. Uh, the new Puzzle Bobble, you know, the cute little dinosaurs bust a move, they call it here in the States. And now this one's called Puzzle Bobble. There's a virtual reality one. Okay, and you, you, you buy that at a store digitally? You buy it on a digital store. And holy shit, when I hold my hands in front of my, my eyes, they turn into dinosaur paws. Wow. It's great. It was amazing. I spent like five minutes just being like, look at my cool okay, hands. Okay, so you, you have the, the hand contraptions with this. Yeah, hand controllers. And they're super comfortable. Um, and I think that's the big thing is also previously when I would used VR, the PS4 VR, I didn't do any hand tracking or anything. I just played with like the controller. So obviously uh-huh. you move your head around and you can see and that's cool. But that whole extra layer, as silly as everyone must look when using VR, it, it really uh, added a lot. It was very neat. So- Okay. Like the, 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 the dinosaur throws you the bubble and you put the bubble in the gun and then you have to pull so, it back and fire it. So it sounds like you had a fun time. Would you have spent the full amount, though, to have this experience looking back? I don't know. That's what I'm kind of getting you, you, at. You'd be a little wishy on, on how you got this or, or what. You, <laughs> I mean, I'm curious. You didn't tell me. No, first. because I just don't want because I, I, I'm not interested in talking about stock stuff. And I made a little bit of money off of AMC. Oh. We but like to stock AMC. It, it was not. It was not life changing money, so it wasn't like it could go towards like I, a, a big thing. But it was enough that I could. I, 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 I could be fucking you, a little flippant he with it. Gambled on the stock market a little bit. December, though, even though he infamous, famously says to me he doesn't like to gamble. Yes, he's been gambling on stocks. But all, and all Dogecoin. All of the stuff huh? that I have said about this came from a purchase I made in December. It was uh-huh. one night, and I've been watching. You it like since. I'll, I'll get you to play poker again, Ian. I'll, I'll rope you into our our Zoom games. This this Thursday we're playing. We can team up, me and you. You're not supposed to do that. It's bad etiquette. We it can is team bad up. Etiquette. But we can do it. But I played the new snowboarding game from our friends over at uh, Chew High Labs. Which we'll get to later. We will. Uh, well, we'll get to their new game. But their snowboarding game. Um, Don't give away a future topic, Ian. I just lost two grand on shipping. <laughs> this doesn't have anything to do with the future hand. topic. <laughs> um, and it was wild. Uh, I am very bad at the tricks. Uh, I was able to grind once, but really my enjoyment of carved snowboarding comes down to putting on some sweet tunes, getting real high, and just kind of... Oh, VR snowboarding. Yeah, enjoying oh. my... my, my um... It's like you're back in Seaside Heights playing the, the snowboarding game in 98. Well, I Actually, love no, the snow! They had a snowboarding game? No, they, no it was a skate, remember those skateboarding yeah. arcade games that were awesome? Uh-huh, Top Skater. Those were fun. But I love the snow, and there's a little cabin you start out in, and a dog that you can pet. Oh, snow dog. Yeah. It was really fun. So I like VR more than I thought I did. This uh, is why I don't like VR. Adding convenience and um, uh, hand tracking really helped. This is why I don't like VR. It's more about the people that enjoy it. I'm, a, I'm in a bad mood this morning because I lost money with the shipping thing. But the over-enthusiasm, I'm not saying you've been overly enthusiastic. The over-enthusiasm that people try to convince me to try VR is unlike anything I've ever experienced before with any form of technology. If someone's into VR, they are really into VR, and they got to tell you all about it. And, and people I, I, that are friends I dearly love, they, they get a little too enthusiastic about it, explaining to me all the cool stuff they do, and it kind of turns me off a little bit. It's like they tried a little bit too hard to get me into it, and it sort of gets me about it. And, of course, there's, there's the you know disorientation when you use it too long, and plus you look like, you look like a, a maniac when you actually have the gear on if you're in front of people, you know. I'm not even trying to think about like porn shame where you got to like take off and, and, uh, you know, hose off all your equipment when you're done using your VR stuff. That's like an extra level of shame on top of that, 
you know, especially if using the hand controllers. Of but, course, I fished in VR already too. Okay, so that sounds relaxing and fun. It was very. Was relaxing. it was it like photorealistic or was it like? So there is a photorealistic. Well, there's one that's very like realistic that looks great. On top of the bay. That I will get at some point. Fish but actually, VR one of the um, one of the best free games. Uh, that they always recommend you get with an Oculus Quest 2 is there's a fishing game called Bait that's a little cartoony. I like how you ignore my over-the-top complaint about people that like uh, Oculus or VR. It's the proper response to my rant. Just to I, 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 um, I, I, I know lots of people who are into VR that can be very evangelical about it. I, I, I wasn't going to say, not. I wasn't going to use those strong terms, but it, there is a slight cultish sort of feel to how they speak about this well, stuff. I can tell you this. I, I'm not going to be one of those. It, it's not something that's easy to talk about because not a lot of people do it and you can't really describe but, it if people I, haven't tried it. Um, but once you have an experience in VR that's a bit more ideal. It's easy to see why people get well, excited about it. Uh, I, I brought up that I brought up the, the party a week a week and a half ago, almost where the, the the older lady was trying to hook me up the daughter. There was a VR moment at that party near the end of the night. Mm. The, the guy running the, the party, he's a big, strong VR person. He loves it, even though he's not a gamer at all. He likes VR, and he had one of the the women uh, woman uh, try this VR thing where like, oh, you want to walk the plank? And there's like a I guess like you, there's like a, a pirate ship thing. And you see, I've seen the woman living like, oh my god, I'm, um, and then the person's like, don't worry, it's not real. And I'm like, look at this, I'm like, they're acting like five year olds. But I understand the appeal of something like this, where it's like, it gets to a point when you're so, so so far removed from technology where it comes fresh again, I think. Like, if you're not constantly around. Have you it. tried VR? No, I haven't. Well, then- no, no, I have. No, wait, wait, did I? I believe I did once. There's a reason why people act like five year olds the first time they try it, it's a neat trick. Sure. It's a very neat trick. It's very, I mean, it's very good at what it's supposed to do. It's also my reason for not liking it so much, because after I get cut off from reality for too long, I'm like, that's weird. And Remember gotta, Virtuosity? And you, you want that to be the down. future? Remember that movie Virtuosity? I do not. What was the one that took place around, like, the turn of the millennium, and it's like there was like a drug thing to virtual reality? Was it Virtuosity, or was that the one with, with uh, Denzel Washington and, and Russell Crowe? Which one was Virtuosity? I think I'm confusing my my movies together. Virtuosity was a Denzel was yeah it was that one. That's not the one I'm thinking of. That was a 1995 uh, science fi movie with Russell Crowe and Denzel. Not the one I'm thinking about. Think about the other one. Think about the other one. So what did I do this weekend? You might ask. Ian. I bite. I might. Oh, we both did. We both went to baseball games. We did. Why don't we should mention that? Something real, not virtual. Get over it. Um, the baseball game was great. We went with five buds. We did a baked good bro down. What, what, what game did you see? We saw Angels uh, Mariners. Angels Mariners exchanged coffee cakes, cookies, pies. Did you bring back coffee cake for Pat? The coffee cake was immediately consumed. Uh, it was by Porto's in L.A., and it was one of the most amazing things I've eaten. Mm. Now that I know this, perhaps I can get you a coffee cake mm. next time. So it was a good, good time to be around people? It was. Yeah. Were, you, were you in a, uh, a vaccination section? Or I don't it... think they had them up there. It was just oh. all, this, all, all the seating was very spaced out, and we bought a group of six seats, like two here, two here, two here, and we just made our little pod. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. Who, who won? Um, Angels. So you're not, you're, you're, you're a Mariners fan. I forget. Uh, I'm, I'm a Padres. Padres are the only California sports team that I like. Okay. Uh, A's, I, yeah, Angels, um, 
I just love the A's colors. I, 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 I like the I'll, Oakland A's colors, yeah, but I just, green and yellow. No one else has colors like that. No, it's really nice. And like all of sports, no one has that, like that green and like goldish yellow color. It is pretty unique. Um, I went to see the Met, the Mets were in town. I hadn't been to a baseball game since 2018. Because 19, I skipped. Then there was a fucking uh, global pandemic, a certain public health crisis. So I went. Frank uh, flaked on me. Not not cool, Frank. Uh, then I went by myself to a baseball game. I spent the premium on a Saturday night game. I usually, I usually only go to Saturday night games because you get home at like 11. Baseball games take a long fucking time to get through, even when they're low scoring. And that's when I'm watching a game like, wow, we're like halfway through the game and it's been over two hours already. Um, it's just, it, it's, they're always the same amount of time. They're always three and a half hours, it seems, no matter what. It doesn't matter if they're 18 to, to 4, 10 to 2, or one nothing. They're, they take forever. Anyway, so Jacob DeGrom was pitching for the Mets. I'm wearing, that's why Mr. Mets shirt, I'm wearing it. Uh, the shirt's fitting better now than 15 years ago when I got it. I said my sister got it for me. Um, and the Mets won 4 nothing. Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher, arguably, since Bob Gibson. Um, he had uh, three hits. He gave up three hits in seven, in seven innings, one walk, and had 11 strikeouts. And he did not throw a fastball under 100 miles an hour, it seemed, for the first six innings. Because I was looking at the, the, the gun on the... You know the LCD screen in, the, in center field. I was like, "That's incredible!" And I looked up later; I'd never been done before throwing that many hundred mile an hour pitches in one game. He threw like thirty three. Something Jeez ins- Louise. something insane. And he hit one hundred one a few times. He can hit one hundred two. Um, he's hit one hundred two this year. Yeah, uh, pleasure to watch in person. Uh, you get a real feel for the you know how hard it is to to hit a baseball um, when these professionals are looking foolish. You know, guys are striking out like three times. It was fun. I got my got my hot dog, my six fifty hot dog, my, nice. my six dollar twenty ounce diet coke b- bottle. What you put on your dog? Oh, mustard and relish. They give you though at Petco. They give you a little cup of of, of diced onions. I put on that. Yes, that's a nice little. Bonus. I, I I like to do the brown mustard and the onion. Relish is also. A I don't good know if they choice. have brown mustard at at, at the at the. I mean, they do it in the, in the giant pumps. Yes, they do. in the big they pumps do. they do. Yeah. But I ordered uh, through the app and they just delivered to my seat in like ten minutes. Ah. Yeah, there's a little app. Nice. You put, hey, here's my seat, and they come up to you. They give it to you. Like, oh, are you you're this person? It was fun. It was it was interesting because being around the people, and the park was only 15, 20% full. They 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 didn't they had only I think maybe five to ten uh, sections where that was like you had to show a vaccination card or proof of negative test. I went to one of those sections, so it was more filled up. They still weren't doing 100% of the seats, but um, it was still loud and rockets, and people were booing and yelling, and there was a crazy guy next section. I was booing to Grom, and I yelled at him, and I was yelling. It was back to normal. I was the only people for booing DeGrom. I said, it's the best pitcher in the last 50 years. And people are going to be like crazy. I, I get hyped up at baseball games. <laughs> but there was Mets fans around. Mets fans, there was a whole section of Mets fans down below. It was fun. It was worth the, it was worth the money. The people were pretty nice at the game we were at, too. People uh, were nice, but they're getting rowdy. They're getting back yeah, to normal. No, yeah, they are. You know. But I think a lot of people, the people who worked specifically at Angel Stadium just seemed really happy to like see people coming oh, back yeah. to baseball It's games. nice to be around All people. the old dudes with the straw hats that just watch the stairs and shit. Hey, how you doing? And then walk, walking in the gas lamp a little bit, was, you know, you, you see the groups of people out, you see the group of gals out looking dressed up nice, and you see, you know, people out on dates, and it's nice to see, you know, people again. Yeah. Hang, hanging around. Hopefully, it is. Hopefully it's kind of nice. Hopefully they're vaccinated. We're ahead of the curve, I think, on the vaccination stuff. So, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Um, that was my weekend. Uh, a reminder, Flea Market Man is th- 39. 39 is out. Um, take, a, take a gander. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, and then video game years will re-premiere on my YouTube channel. We're going to do one a week, Ian, of all, what is there, 13 episodes of that? 
uh, something like that. One a week. It'll be the summer of the video game years starting next Monday, June 14th. And it'll be a YouTube premiere. And you might want to stop in. We're going to do them around, I don't know, five Pacific, eight Eastern, something around there, maybe four or five. And um, they're remastered in HD. Um, going to be the whole hour blocks or whatever, 45-minute blocks. And it'll be fun to do the premiere. We need a new kind of new home for them. Uh, Screenway Media now owns the RetroWare uh, channel. We wanted to re-release higher versions anyway or better versions. You know, and I obviously have it monetized so we can do that. So that'll be fun to do that. You can see yourself, Ian, how you looked nope. uh, you know, nine years Mm-mm. ago when we shot these things. No. Will not. We shot them over like a two two and a half year period all Yeah. Them. Can't go back in time. Look at myself. You, you looked like you were twelve in yeah, some of those. I know. Fresh faced gaming gadfly Ian. I was young. Pre right? pre podcast Ian. Pre social media Ian, really. I looked I looked you young no until Twitter I got those followers. gut issues. Once I got the gut issues, I started to age. <laughs> That was 2016. Yeah. Well, right when the book yeah. came out. Right after the book came out. It's like October. Yeah, it was when we were doing our uh, completely unnecessary Let's Play that lasted t- two sessions. Yep. Um, Super Mario Brothers movie has an extended edition out on, if you're interested on archive. Dot, dot, uh, what is it? Archive.gov? No, archive.com. Archive.com. It's not government. <laughs> yes. um, so. They 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 got from VHS sources and work print versions and they they were remastered by someone. It's in VHS quality, but um, people there's people that have a, a fond love of this movie. And, you know, our pal Norm, the gaming historian, did a whole documentary video on. on it's archive.org. Archive. It's an org. That's yes. right. Uh, I'll do an aside for that later. So check it out if you want to watch it. Maybe we'll get a real re-release someday. In like Blu-ray quality because it is on Blu-ray and DVD, but you know they got to go back to the freaking reels and get the deleted scenes because they're not remastered ever. That footage, so the Martin Jankel cut. Yeah, have you ever seen the movie? I still haven't seen this thing. I saw it in theaters. My grandma took my brother and I. What did you think at the time? I thought it was not great, but it was a movie. It was before your your steampunk tendencies and all and all the Yeah, I'd probably like it more now. I mean, I was I was stuff. a kid kid when that movie Cy- came out. Or cyberpunk, right? It's not steampunk, cyberpunk sort of stuff. I would find it probably interesting to watch again, but I'm not in a hurry. Um I mean, but what did I think at the time? I remember it was I got to go to the movies with my grandma. I got popcorn and candy. It was fine. It was a good time. That's what I remember. I just remember it being very like this isn't at all like Mario. <laughs> I mean, you should probably realize that for the commercials. Yes, yes, I did. Good old Lake Wazamo and Bob Hoskins. Rest in peace, Bob, Bobby Hoskins. Um, go to ultimatenintendo.com. You can find off for resale Blu-rays, NES and SNES guidebooks, RBI baseball stickers, enamel pins. It'll make you feel better, especially after you lost a character in D&D that weekend. It'll make you feel good. Yeah. It'll make you feel special, warm inside. Get a memento. Get a, get a memento. Bring a memento home. A keepsake. A keepsake. That's like, a, like a Hallmark ornament. <laughs> a keepsake. I'm on Cameo.com. That's the nicest country. way to say fucking useless garbage. Chotsky. Chotsky. That's a keepsake. Stuff your, your grandkids will look at and throw away when you're, when you're dead and gone. Oh. Um, I'm on Cameo. Cameo.com slash Pat Country. Shelves full of keepsakes. And I'm on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Country Code. So it's 80s commercials. But last week, Ian, I had a sponsored stream by raid shadow legends wow speaking of uh, you know D D influence there and elves and orcs and knights and stuff and it was fun it's a yeah. damnly fine constructed uh f- free-to-play game 
He I'm said not, you enjoyed it. I'm not just saying that because I was sponsored. Um, I, I I went way past my sponsored uh, minimum, you know, time limit that was set for me, and um, there's a reason why it's played by tens of millions of people, like because it's easy to get into, and yes, you can buy stuff to advance your character. You get you get champions. You get Ian. You you unlock them with the with the with mystery cards. shards. They're basically like cards. Like it's random. There's th- there's there's yeah. five levels of champions from common to like, uh, was it legendary? And, and you can level up all your characters. They have different like. There's a it's like a paper rock scissor systems between like spirit, magic, and force. But then there's like a purple one in the middle that's special. There's all there's way that you can level up your, your artifacts and your weapons and stuff, and you can ascent your character. Like there's there's like seventeen ways to like improve things that you lose track of it. But they give you a lot of free stuff. You get like a lot of free stuff that you don't have to constantly buy stuff, and you could you can just play and without buying it, you can. And I'll put I'll put a little referral code somewhere, maybe if you're interested in checking it out. You don't have to, but no, I had fun playing it, and it's compatible on your phone and your PC. It's the same account. Did they send you any keepsakes or mementos? Uh, well, they through. gave they gave me I think a starter pack ah. for the stream, so they gave me like I got a, I got a I got an epic character. Out of the out, no, excuse me, legendary character. I thought maybe you game. know a keychain or I a, got a Krilla or small tasteful figurine. I called her Orc Lady uh, because they they there's special there's certain characters that have auras that are like real real like they're like they're not just like generic night person they're real people. So, so I got Krilla to something which is like the Orc powerful Orc Lady. So I like her. She has a nice uh, nice uh, team up attack. But no, it's fun. You should try it. You know, we can we can we can, we can uh, fight each other. Potentially, we, we can compare who has the best characters. Uh, what's about this Nintendo Gallery Museum that's going to be opening? I mean, sure, it's a thing. It's happening. They're going to be opening a uh, Nintendo Museum in one of the old uh, card production facilities, I believe is what it says. Um, and it will go over the history of Nintendo. I think this is actually a pretty good idea, and they'll probably do a great job with it. Um, definitely wish it was something I could visit a little bit easier than having to go over there. Um, I'm sorry. Ian. Yeah, maybe you can get on your VR headset. And you can walk through with your with your hands. You are a, a crab, a crab butt. <laughs> I ha- I have an excuse this morning, Ian. A crab butt. I have an excuse. Crab butt. The site of the Nintendo Gallery was built in 1969. Nintendo moved to the Kyoto suburb due to a need to expand and reinforce its existing game department. The plant was used to manufacture both playing cards and Hanafuda cards and later housed a customer service center. However, oh. the building has sat unused since this work was transferred to the current Uji plant in 2016. So that's what they're going to do with the building. Yeah, the real estate, we're going to use it. Good for you, Nintendo. Yeah. You got the you got the cash. You don't have to sell the buildings, you know. They, they said it was, it was going to be le- more of an experience in Nintendo versus like pure, you know, year by year sort of walkthrough of it. So it's going to be probably curated. This is what Nintendo stands for, and you know, I'm but sure not, it's definitely going to be one of those company type museums. Yeah, but it'll probably they'll skip over the Love Hotel, probably. Yes. Love motels, whatever, whatever yeah. it is. You know, whorehouse is a nice way of putting it. Basically, you know, right? But you go there just to get laid. You ever hear the places? There was there was one near me when I was a kid, about ten minutes away. That was legendary. They actually had like a themed sex rooms. It was like the jungle room. Like I, there was one known. I, I grew up in Buffalo, and Niagara Falls Boulevard is just full of those little motels that you can rent by the hour or the day. Did they have the themes though? I don't know. I've never there was one that had had themes. There's like Lovers Court, and like yeah, there was some weird ones. Yeah, that'd be bad to be on the cleaning staff there. Oh, it'd suck. <sighs> Just hose it all down, get on your hazmat suit. 
cloud gaming, is it the future? And EEO, EA CEO says it may be. It is. Sure, it is the future. But in the far future, when this, we'll is, be dead. When this is doable. We'll be dead. I don't think we'll be dead, I'll be necessarily. Dead. I'm dead now inside. Well, there's a difference between that <laughs> and actually being dead. Um, uh, yeah, it is. It is the future, but it's not now. The future is uh, not now. The future is the future. Uh, and thanks, Ian. I don't like. To, why, 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 why are we talking about Stadia? I hate Speaking of fortune, I got to say about it. EA CEO Andrew Wilson said, <laughs> oh, "The online needs to be better." Yeah, he was asked about the future of game distribution and was quick to bring up cloud gaming as a big part of that future. He says that cloud streaming will will disrupt disrupt the oh! gaming industry as consumers move from ownership over games to access to games. Yeah, you like that. Because you like games as a service, Mr. EACEO. You'd love that. There's no more ownership of games. You'd fucking love that. You'd love everything That's as a service. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, you'd love that. Uh, you got to have you know, a fucking subscription to play your, your game. He also said that cloud technology will still need a few more turns of innovation to get to the point. Yeah, a few more large fucking cranks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, to get to the point where it's ready to replace traditional experiences. But it's a foregone conclusion that the industry will get to that point. No, it's not. It's not a, nothing's ever a foregone no, conclusion. conclusion. Especially when you have developing nations and even parts of the U.S. where you're out in the sticks and it's hard to get even reliable internet. Like, these are real issues. In the city, yeah. You're going to be fine probably, but not everywhere. Not everywhere. That's the issue with, with cloud gaming. That's the issue. So, um, how's that Diet Coke, Ian? It's fucking delicious. I should have just snuck one into the Padres game. But it was worth it, the experience. Um, I love Diet Coke. Hearthstone... Pro Rage Quits and Grandmasters Final. This is this is brought to our attention. This is just real quick. This is interesting because this is what happens when you have children that are in a professional environment, in, you know, in environments that don't. At, at first, I just wanted to uh, trash this guy, and now no. at the same time, it's like it's like the dude's twenty, and it's well, you're not a kid anymore. You're but, not a kid, but like you can't rage quit quit actual sports. Yeah. So stop comparing video games to sports. It's not, um, and. The environment for like this talks about like some he was getting called up by some programmers saying you know where's the sportsmanship? There's no sportsmanship in video games. We're not. It's not like evolved to that point where people act right when playing video games. And it may never uh, do an anonymity, an anonymity, anonymity. And the fact that there's no accountability when you're playing online games to curse and scream and to be an asshole. I don't know. I'm not shocked that this would happen in an actual tournament. With an actual pro. I imagine that trying to introduce any sort of sportsmanship into online competitive gaming would probably result in you getting called a flurry of slurs. Yeah. It's just not... That's the one thing about Little League. Yes, you had you had creepy coaches sometimes that may touch your arm you didn't like when you were five. But um, you learn sportsmanship and teamwork. And that's something... Those are good qualities when you're playing t-ball in little league and i don't i don't see that being a thing with video games anytime so i just don't i wish it was uh, don't, just, don't get me wrong i'm not like anti-sportsmanship i wish people would be nice when playing games online, anti fuck sportsmanship they made you go good game good game you know on the line when you were five you know you lost you know the coaches would say oh it was a tie game yeah coach i'm five i can count we got our asses kicked in t-ball you know 10 to 3 they try to do that. Like, it's like, come on, who are you kidding? You learn to lose. Also, you got to learn how to lose gracefully, you know, gracefully, and accept loss as a part of life. And that's the one thing I, that I, I do hate about, you know, that sort of quintessential trophy fucking gender. Everyone gets a participation trophy. That is bullshit, by the way. That's all I say, old man Pat. Anyway, um, speaking of, uh, of uh, old men who should go away, so uh, Billy Mitchell 
and Todd Rogers, the alleged uh, video game uh, cheats Go for the records, are you. suing more and more people. Um, I want to bring this attention. I, w- I want to sh- uh, put a spotlight on this. Uh, YouTuber Speedrunner uh, and YouTuber Carl Jobst uh, out of Australia, fan of the podcast. Um, he has a GoFundMe set up, a, a legal defense fund for the people that are getting unfairly targeted by Billy Mitchell of Donkey Kong fame and Todd Rogers of Dragster World Record and other alleged fake record fame. They're going after everyone, unfortunately. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll link the GoFundMe uh, for these, uh, to defend people from these frivolous lawsuits. They are suing, and they're also threatening now Carl for putting up the GoFundMe and for doing the video spotlighting this, and it's bully tactics. And it it shouldn't win, and, and it probably won't, but it has to be defended, and, and not everyone is up to the task or has the money to defend themselves. So they're gonna, it's, it's to support people being targeted, including David Race, the best Pac-Man player in the world, Jeremy Young, the person who originally discovered this is from the GoFundMe. Jeremy Young, the person who originally discovered that Mitchell's performances were created on MAME, and Jeff Harris, the owner of DonkeyKongForum.com, the current Donkey Kong high score leaderboards. If there are any funds left over, they'll be used to help Twin Galaxies in their current fight with Mitchell, since that's still ongoing for now for years. Uh, funds will be spent entirely on legal fees and lawyer costs. And so... And Carl might have to defend himself as well against, it sounds like, Billy Mitchell, at least. It, so you got to send up the bullies at some point. Yeah, fuck these people. If you've got a um, little bit of money to throw in there, I would suggest maybe doing that. At some point, you have to defend this stuff and and bring them to court because they want people, they want to try to silence critics and get quick payouts and scare people. It's, it's, it's a giant scare tactic. That's how these bullies win this stuff. They don't actually want to go to court and drag themselves into court and be deposed and, and have to face a jury. They don't want to go through that. We've got no ground to stand on. They just know that the threat of the, the financial ruin is enough to make most people back down. Yes. Or even the cost of, oh, I've got to pay a lawyer to do this. And it's like, but you're, you're going to win. So that's so good. So I'm, I'm glad that, that Carl is, is uh, helping uh, in this matter here. So good, good on Carl. Check out uh, Carl Jobst. Is it Jobst? I'm sorry, Carl. I don't know how to pronounce your last name properly. Um, and, and and finally, in light news, it's like when you watch the local news and you ha- and you hear about rape, murder, and arson. And here's a here's the lighter side of things. At the end of the podcast, at the end of the news, you know, local news session, uh, an Among Us chicken nugget uh, sold for a lot of money. Sold for nearly a hundred thousand dollars on eBay. Chicken nugget shaped like one of those Among Us uh, what, what, little guys in a space little suit space looking. characters. It's it's, a, it's funny. You can see the tweet there. Um, it has the little legs, and they don't have arms. The Among Us uh, characters—they don't get a little arms. No, the knife just kind of floats in front of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have like telekinesis powers. Mm-hmm. I almost played a game once. It seemed fun. I almost played. I downloaded it on the Switch, started it up, didn't know what I was doing, and immediately got stabbed and jettisoned out the fucking. They <laughs> <laughs> just tossed you out the airlock. <laughs> yeah. All I mean, my aliens. I, I was supposed to be the bad guy. Like the first game I ever played, the first game of Among Us I ever played, I was the one who was supposed to pretend like he was doing everything, and I've never done the game before. So, they so knew like, you're the guy. I, yeah, I, yeah, within seconds, so they were so, like, are you him, so, you're, get supposed him. To, you're supposed to sabotage stuff? Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to sabotage stuff and murder the other players. 
Well, you could even pretend. I, 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 it is the wrong position to be playing if you've never played the game well, before. How, what's like, the odds of that happening? How many people are, there, are in each game? Uh, shit. I don't know. Fourteen, maybe. I think okay. it can have. It, it can have a pretty high amount. I don't know what the total is though. It, it was Ten. close to me how I downloaded a Fortnite on Switch and never played it. I was like, oh, I'm gonna finally check out Fortnite, and and something told me not to do it because either I was, I was gonna hate it or get into it and play it a lot. And I was like, I don't, I don't like either of those options, so I just did. <laughs> I, I, I got to play something I can get out of. Like this Raid Shadow Legends. Oh, it's on my cell phone. I can check it out every now and then. I, Fortnite sounds like a commitment. It's like a commitment to me. Yeah. I, 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 I you know, I want to play the field when it comes to video games right now. Plus, I got, you know, there's certain N64 guidebook to work on. I got to play Virtual Chess 64. Excuse me. My underrated chess skills are going to come back uh, to play now. Is that, is that it for the intro? That is. That's it. We're done. Did we scare one away? I'm, I'm sorry I'm in a bad mood. There was a shipping thing. The Canadian shipping killed me on a recent deal, recent uh, wholesale book deal. I, I lost thousands of dollars of, of uh, potential monies. Well, not potential. I lost thousands of dollars. But we like the AMC stock. We like the stock. I like the stock. But what is, is it, what is not telling you to buy or sell it. Or, or, this is not financial advice when we bring up stocks. We're not professional. That's why I don't want to talk about them. That's why I just said I had an opportunity to get something with little pain to me. <laughs> but crypto is still stupid. And Bitcoin has plummeted again. So there you go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stamps.com, Ian. Are you still going to the post office? Still paying full price for postage? Well, thanks to Stamps.com, you don't have to anymore. Mail and ship anytime, anywhere right from your computer. Send letters, ship packages, and pay less. A lot less with discounted rates from USPS, UPS, and more. I've been using Stamps.com for years, Ian. You've heard me talk about it before. Mailing out DVDs, T-shirts, enamel pins, RBI baseball stickers, uh, books here and there. It saves time. It saves money. You don't have to go to the post office. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to deal with any of that. It's great. It brings all the services of the U.S. Post Office and UPS right to your computer. It's a must-have for any business. With Stamps.com, you get discounts up to 40% off post office rates and up to 66% off UPS shipping rates. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder nearly 1 million small businesses already use Stamps.com. Stop wasting your time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with our promo code CU Podcast, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in CU Podcast to get that special offer. Again, that's stamps.com, promo code CU Podcast. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. All right, Ian. Yeah, okay. Play date. The, 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 the little handheld that was announced last year in the fall is uh we have we had a, a great update, update video that was released a lot what's lots lots of good information here i don't want to sound like overly effusive like i'm coming on too strong to play date here um, but that is uh that was that's how you do that's how you do a press release that's how they did it. So um, it was a good one. Playdate uh, had to delay the product 
last year due to COVID. They said that we would get an update this year. Came to us a little. Uh, it's coming, so it's coming to us halfway through the year, and the update. Uh, there was a few main things that were announced. Uh, when you can do the pre-orders? Maybe we should, we should we recap what this is first. Yeah, for people. Yeah, it's been a while. Playdate is a tiny handheld unit. Uh, it's a square. It's a yellow square. It has a uh, black and white super reflective uh, screen. There is no backlight. I was right about that. Well, you shouldn't need it in theory, right? No, shouldn't need it in theory. Um, highly reflective screen. Uh, two buttons, an A and a B button, a cross pad, and the neat little gimmick on it is a little crank that folds to the a side metal crank of the swings unit out. that you can swing out and rotate, rotate. clockwise, counterclockwise. So um, they... You know, have positioned it as basically a cheap handheld system that is going to have a bunch of, uh, you know, fairly well-known indie developers making uh, suites of games for that for it called Seasons. So when you buy the Playdate, you uh, it, when you get the first Playdate, it will come with Season 1. And what Season 1 was going to be was 12 games that release one a week for a series of 12 weeks. And basically it keeps everyone playing the same thing at the same time so that there's discussion about the games. You missed the point. I can't believe you missed. It's in collaboration with Teenage Engineer. I'm going to get to that more when it comes to the stereo dock. Okay, but I thought that's important to realize this is a real company with hardware experience that they're so collaborating Playdate, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The company they, they, the Panic they, that the they are Panic <laughs> is the company that's making the Playdate, but they have collaborated with Teenage Engineering to make it. Um, I personally have some Teenage Engineering products. They are extremely well made. So there's a track record to to. Parts of this company, like this is a company that's put out hardware before. And Teenage well, Engineering has done lots and lots of hardware. And they know how to make something um, appealing to use. Uh, they know how to get bang for your buck out of their stuff, too. Um, so basically, back I said to Seasons. So one game a week. That way it keeps kind of the focus on one game that everyone can kind of discuss and play together. Um, kind of like an accelerated book of the month or game of the month club. Those things have become, you know, book of the month clubs have always sure. been popular. We all play the same game at the same time. Right. So that's very neat. Um, this update starts with uh, letting you know, well, announced in this update, the 12 games in season one are actually, it's turned into 24. So you're going to get two a week. You're going to get two 12 a week. weeks. That's nuts. That's crazy. That's included. So you get 24 games included with the system that unlock over 12 weeks. And the price did get a bump from 149 to 179.99. Uh, given the um, manufacturing situation uh, and the fact that they're giving you 12 additional games, I I can't I can't really fault <sighs> them for that. Pat, man, that's like 17% increase. That's not horrible. Given, horrible... given the price increases we've oh. seen on some things over the past couple of years, this is a very reasonable price increase. That's that's not bad. No. It's not doubled. Um, they very nicely announced that pre-orders will begin in July. and Open. Open pre-orders. Open. Going to get into that in a second. And uh, then they showed a bunch of new games and some clips of old games some things i want to talk about real quick well, you want to run down the list bullet points in order uh, or, or no I got sure here? sure we can do that because that's the order of the video so they revealed this stereo dock which is a cube shaped same color of the the playdate yellow a magnetic dock that's also has is a bluetooth speaker and also charges the device and has a cute little stand it reminded me um, this is how they designed it. It reminded me of like those little TVs you take to the beach in the 80s. Yes. With a little like stand on the side and it tilts up. 
and there's pen holders on the top. That is 100% a, like, that is very much a teenage engineering sort of thing. Just like, like a kitschy retro thing. sort of yes. thing. Yes. Cause that's the one thing. The second I saw that on the update, I was like, TE is making that, 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 yeah, I mean, that, that is their idea. Their, their design aesthetic is hard to fucking miss. Yeah. It's like a simple little stand, like a little, like it's like a metal, um, stand in the bottle that probably swings out and it looks adorable. It's not something when I first saw this, I'm like, wow, th- this could be something that almost everyone would want to pair with this device because then it's a way to, to have it be cute on your desktop and to play music. And it includes, includes their music suite, like their beach theme music suite. Yeah, they really, suite. they really, which which has like little cute little like it has little graphics of like the little yeah. like little sea sea theme and stuff like the beach. I'm like, that's a really cute idea and a great way to to a great way to to have your gaming device do something totally removed from gaming that you didn't think you needed until you saw it. Again. This is not going to be included in the stand. We don't know what the price of the, of the stand is going to be, this dock, zero dock. That's going to be a large component in terms of how many people are going to buy this. Hopefully, it's like 50 bucks or so, like a Bluetooth speakers are usually not that much money. But you hope. Something like that. Um, it, it won't be that powerful probably, but we'll see you know, how powerful the speakers. But it's just a cute little way to incorporate into your everyday life. Have it on your little desk. You can look at your little play date and play music. Like, it's brilliant. It's, it's a, a neat brilliant. way to it's, yeah. it's it's a neat way to tackle the charging dock situation and make it something much more interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at it and I go, well, this is not something people need. And teenage engineering is very good at making things people don't need that are very appealing. But you look at it and you go, it's, well, it's, this is my charging station, and it, like you said, it displays it nicely and it has the added bonus of having the music included it, with it. It makes it a, a second device. Yes, it's an upsell, obviously. If it's cheap enough, I can picture like the majority of people wanting to get this thing. Yes, that's yeah. that's that's the key. I mean, it's a Bluetooth speaker, so I'm hoping it's not going to cost that much money. It's, it shouldn't cost a hundred dollars for. A They've made very very nice expensive speakers, but I don't think they're going to be putting that same technology into these. No, the speaker's too small in this. Yeah, I mean, it's like you can get a freaking big Bluetooth bar speaker for like forty five fifty bucks, like like a big one. So I can't picture this being a lot of money. But like I said, we'll see. Depends also how well this stuff is made. Uh, the Bluetooth speaker, but if it's the same quality as a play date, you know, yeah, it's just adorable. I like it, I said, teenage engineering is known for making. They, they've made speakers before. Like you so dro- again, drop, they can drop do this, this from ten feet, it still works. Hopefully, um, so yeah, season one, twenty four games. Uh, some of the games looked fascinating, and what I like about the play date is that, of course, this is the only. These games are exclusive in that they cannot exist outside of this system. Most they literally these. cannot exist outside uh, of the. Well, some of them could, but I mean, you but could. not on the hardware. I mean, with the crank, especially a lot of them that use the yeah. crank. Um, they did a very good job in this video of showing what the special features can be used for. Instead of saying, "Hey, we've got this and that, and that's going to be revolutionary," they actually took the time to show you what these can be used for. Um, so they showed. So the one game, the first game I think they ever showed was by uh, Keita Takahashi, the guy who made um, uh, Katamari Damacy. Mm -hmm. That's the one where you rotate the crank and you make the robot run through the landscape. Um, They get get suplexed by the the end. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Does a really good job of showing off the crank. The um, driving game, they showed a driving game that shows off the crank really well. Like a single screen uh, driving game with the crank. It's it's your wheel, basically. That's fantastic. But I think one of the games that showed off the use of the crank best is actually it was just announced in this um, 
this video and we were going to talk about it was the um, Wipeout uh, shit. Now I can't remember the full name of the game. The surfing game uh, that's coming from Chuhai Labs. That looks like the old uh, California games surfing. Whitewater Wipeout. Whitewater Wipeout. Uh, looks like a mixture of like the TNC surfing and the California games surfing. And that's great because you surf along the wave and as you go up and you need to spin, you actually rotate the crank to do the spinning. And it makes a lot of sense. I also want to point out that Chuhai has, I don't know if they planned this, but with their two games that they've produced, they have now become the premier developer of games that involve you spinning boards with your feet. Extreme sports <laughs> between X between, games. between uh, carved snowboarding and this, they really have they really have skateboarding's a, a, next. A, yeah, a niche, a niche. Um, and then there's other like more clever there's, uses. There's a little a little like pinball sort of one with the ball going around. Yep, I thought that looked really cool. There's there's a there's like a almost like an, there's like an adventure game, like a, like a noirish looking adventure game. Yep, we have to like solve some sort of mystery. Lost your marble. That's that's the marble. Yeah, one. that one looked really good to me. Um, and then there was one that was only shown as early development. I, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but the guy who made um, Papers Please and Return of the Obra Dinn is working on one that looks like it looks like it makes you uh, a doorman at a club for Martians. Uh, and it was a very simple use of the crank, but it was satisfying. You hear a knock at the door, and he literally turns the crank to do like that yeah, little, little slot in that the window. little eye slit thing, and then yeah. you can look around and see what's out there. And I have no idea what that's going to be, but it looks neat. And but I Deb said see he has no it, idea what's going to yeah, be. But I like, want to hey. see where it goes. <laughs> it's it's it's. I'm not saying all these games are going to be super simple concepts, but when you're forced. It's like anything else. When you're forced to do something that's simple in any form of art, it, it makes your mind work harder to make something unique. And People's, that's why I like this this console. Me too. People looked at it, and instead of just trying to put every other game that's ever been done on another system on there, yes. or you know, resorting to shovelware, these the, the games that we've seen have clearly... The Playdate has caused some inspiration to yeah, develop. This isn't just a Game Boy. Yeah, you can do a Game Boy-style game, but this isn't the point of this. So far, what we've seen. Simple additions and restrictions lead to... Got a fishing game. Lead to, of course. Real steel. Lead to people um, doing great things. And that, that's what I like about this. We're going to actually see unique things come out of this. Yes. I'm, I'm more bullish on this than I thought I'd be after seeing this. I'm like, this is well thought out. They have talented people involved. They actually have hardware being shown that's finalized. And like that's what you're going to get. And, and these are um, developers that have... Na that, that have um, a pedigree behind them, too. Uh, uh, people like Ben Foddy, Zach Gage, uh, Kaida Takahashi. We've got the people at, uh, at Chu High. So these, aren't, these are developers that know what they're doing. And they're trying something new. It's like, okay, let's, let's, it's like a, a collective of like, okay, this is an interesting community we're going to build up from the, from the ground up. It's great that they got everyone on board. It's very but, exciting, and it's uh, very reasonably priced. Uh, yeah, yes, it is. Um, more importantly... That they they touch on for now we have more details about their uh, their game builder called Playdate oh, Pulp. Jesus, how like, did I even? Yeah, like well that, well, that builds upon the fact that included will be this game editor that you can use on your computer, and you don't need any coding knowledge to make your game. And obviously, we've seen this. They even touched upon uh, the predecessor. I forget which one. Uh, a, a, they mentioned the name one. God, I forget it. Uh, they're 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 crawling. They're standing on the shoulders of other of ones that have been developed the past years. These simple uh, game builders that are online that you'll be able to make your own game and then put it on your playdate and try it out. Yep. 
And I can see that being something where, well, if they create their own store, maybe they can curate games or that, that leads to that. Like, or there'll be a website, uh, you know, dedicated yeah. to sideloading these games on your computer. Sure. But this thing, this is, yeah, it, uh, I'm so excited. Because like, like, hey, if you want to make your own little RPG, go ahead and do it. But like, try to, maybe people try to be inventive and you incorporate the crank to do stuff. And I think that's, it's, it's a simple thing. It's like, okay, we added one unique feature, the crank. Forcing everyone to think of a way to use this uniquely for each game. And I think that I underestimated how brilliant that could be. The fact that just that crank alone makes this an entirely different type of system. Yeah. Like I that's said, you, you take something that seems so silly. You, you take a system that's got restrictions that already brings up creativity, but then you restrict it, but then you add one yeah, thing, something that you, you add one thing world. that nothing else has ever yeah. had. And they don't require that you use this crank, but a lot of people are going to be drawn to it because it is, it's going to create a lot of very interesting, small experiences, but and that, it's tactile, but it obviously got everyone's creative juices flowing and it's tactile. Yeah. You can say, Oh, it's just like an analog. It's tactile. You go back and forth. You can slow it up easier. It's, yeah. it's, it's a piece of metal on the crank. Like, it, there's something interesting here. It's 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 like closer to like a pinball machine how you're 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 interacting with the machine, so no I and in terms of the actual presentation like you touch on I mean they obviously you know it's kind of like the same style as Nintendo Direct which has become like the de facto sort of like professional clean style but still fun they knocked it out of the park they showed a lot of they 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 said what they needed to they came across as friendly they didn't waste a lot of time they showed a lot of content they showed games they showed dozens of games they, they showed. showed people playing games they showed games using the unique features they made their case for their system very well and then i also want to um give them uh, commend them for the end of the presentation where they announced the pre-orders and very clearly say, look, we don't, again, we talked about this, but I, I, I really love how clear and transparent they're being with their customer base. We don't think we're going to sell out. These are going to go up in July. We're not going to close these orders. But first order, first get. First come, first serve. Because the manufacturer. So hopefully we'll yeah. have enough for everyone to get this first batch at the same time. But if not, just place your order and we'll put you in a queue and we'll let you know when you're going to get it. And we're going to manufacture until we can get these out. There is no fear of missing out. There's no, um, you know, obviously, you if, you want, if you want one right away, sure, get up and do it. But there's no fear of missing out. There's no worry of scalpers. Money back anytime. <clears throat> Money back said, anytime. They said, and they said, we're going to be transparent with you along the way. And they said, yeah, there may said, very well be delays, but they're yeah. going to let you know early and they're going to let you know quick. They said, we're going to be transparent, let you know. So I'm like, wow, this is like. The best PR ever. You said exactly all the things I whine about all the time. You mean about like when companies no, go bad. This is exactly how you do they PR. They didn't, but I feel like yeah. they went through our like they went through our list of complaints yeah. about said, okay, previous. What's, what's Pat Easton? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we got that. They, they, we got they that. They literally hit everything on, on Which on is, that, again, so. I, and some weirdos got after us because, again, there's two companies we, we – Harped on it in general about us. Uh, the 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 the, the uh, was it the play magi was the, the worst offender was with the console that's still not out. The the fucking uh, polymega. The polymega. It's like they're like, well, they don't have to be transparent to you guys. It's like it looks fucking horrible when you're don't good do, when you don't do good PR. It, it's not just bad for your existing customer base, but any potential people or anyone looking like what's going on with this company. Right. We don't still don't know what's going on with the with the polymega. By no. the way, we have no clue. They've missed so many, uh, you know, dates of, of getting this thing out. 
which is not always their fault, but you got to let people know what's going on. Yeah, it's one, of the, it's one of the rare times where I really want the product and I'm going to feel fairly comfortable about giving my money to the people making it. Yeah, they got the infrastructure in place. They got the games lined up. Um, like I said, I'm really interested that they, that they didn't mention the, the pool suite. Uh, with, with, that's the suite with the dock. I want to know the stereo dock price. I want to know. I uh, just that's maybe that they're too too early to know the, the final locked in price on that. But they showed it being used, so yeah. they, they got it. They got the least a pro- working prototype or production prototype for that. Yeah, I'm in for one, Ian. I'm in. It's a, it, we're in the, we're in the the silver age of handhelds. Like I said before, we got the it's gonna be fun. analog pocket gonna yep. be coming out, um, and we got the play date. The Evercade is out. People people are loving that. We got the Evercade. Um, and then I'm, I'm, we got the one I always forget to buy, the Ardu Boy. So Ardu Boy. I love Ardu the Ardu Boy. Um, and I'm actually excited. The Ardu Boy finally, uh, they finally shipped out their first batch of the Ardu Boy FX units. And they're doing pre-orders for those now, too. So I'm actually probably going to get one, even though I have two standard Ardu Boys. The Ardu Boy FX um, is essentially, it's the same, but it's got a uh, multi-cart built in with 200 of the games oh. from the community. Well, so I mean, it I'll- makes it a lot easier. You don't have to constantly swap stuff in and out. Maybe maybe I'll pick that one up. Maybe I'll, I'll start like the it's the 2020s handheld collection. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thunk, Ian? I I'm I'm in. I'm 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 so happy. I'm so happy. You're in. Uh, you're in. What is it? Is it hog heaven? That's the hog term. heaven. Hog heaven. Hog heaven. Oink oink. Oh. You okay, Ian? Oh. You want, you want do you want to do a see a podcast game? We can incorporate the crank for like the microphone going away from us and coming forward to talk into. Oh, Ooh, like, that could be like a rhythm game. I was going to say like some sort of CU podcast rhythm game, right? Yeah. Uh-oh. 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 Well, we, we have developer friends now out there. We, <laughs> we'll, call, we'll call it On the Mic. There you go. That'll be that'll be our game. All right. Ian, um, we had a mini cab that was announced by Taito, the Egret 2 mini. Uh, and it's interesting. Usually... Uh, News like this, we would just hold for like, oh, it's a short intro topic. It's not really worth talking about for more than a couple minutes. But th- this one uh, sort of sc- scratched my uh, scratched my brain a little bit. It sort of sort of sort of itched at my interest. That's not really a term. So uh, it's uh, it's a Taito uh, mini ca- uh, cab, similar in scope to um, the Neo Geo one that came out uh, about a year ago, and there's also like this the Sega one. So you know they're like you know like a foot tall. Yeah, roughly. You, you, it's enough. It's room for one person. So this is uh, going to have uh, a bunch of title games, uh, 40 games preloaded. It's also going to be... Uh, uh, oh, the expansion controller is going to have an SD card with 10 games that use the PAL or Trapple, which yes. we'll get into. So there's a lot of stuff. There's only... Only some of the titles have been confirmed so far, which we'll get into in a moment. So it's going to have a 5-inch LCD screen. Um. The big thing about the screen is it can be rotated for yes. vertical arcade games. This you is can, awesome. You could. So this is the first time I remember seeing this on something. You pull out the screen and you physically rotate it. That's which is, so cool. Which is how you do it on a real arcade cabinet. So it's really cool. That yeah, they, it's, it's awesome. And then you pop it back in. That's fantastic. So I, so I guess it reorientates itself almost like it probably has like a cell phone type of, you know, uh, gyro, gyro. Either that or it just, or, yeah, it, but, it, I'm sure it's got a separate menu for that. Because to remind people mode. that a lot of the, the 80s or arcade games in the 70s were they had vertical display. Uh, most, uh, yeah. Pretty much all scrolling shooters and a lot of the uh, stationary shooters, like even Space Invaders, uses yeah. a tall screen. A lot of the early games, even the Namco ones, did a vertical screen. So, uh, yeah, it, it looks like the Sega's uh, Astro City Mini in terms of the white color. 
you know, the, I guess the Japanese style. It's similar. It, they, all candy, candy cabs share yeah. a similar design. They're thick boys, and they're and they got that like creamish white color. Yeah, on there, thick boys. Um, so it's based upon the original Egret Two uh, cabinet. Uh, oh, I didn't know you could rotate. Okay, I, I had no idea that the original cabinet was like that. You technically can on all cabinets. I don't know if that's necessary. I, I don't know if this has I, a special mechanism I, for I, it. It seemed like the original arcade was that they're basing it off of that. So okay, so. The joy it has a standard, uh, you know, ball top joystick. It has six buttons on it. There you go. This and this is the games that it's, it's going to come with before we get into the expansion stuff, which I'm kind of semi excited about. You're going to get uh, this is out of the forty confirmed. This is what you get: Space Invaders, Lunar Res- Rescue, Good Old Kicks, Elevator Action, Chack and Pop, Bubble Bobble, Rastan Saga, Woo, Rainbow Islands Extra, New Zealand Story, the cute little Kiwi, Don Doko Don. I've heard the name, not familiar. Violence Fight. Heard the name. It's probably one you put in front of me. I know what it is when I see it. Kadash, Liquid Kids, Metal Black. Haven't heard of that. Metal Black is a shooter, uh, and Liquid Kids is another. Um, it's more of a platformer, but it still has kind of like the bubble bobble type. You, you throw bubbles, and it makes water. And okay. You, yeah, it, it's a great game. And Kaiser Knuckle. Not familiar with that. It's like a, I'm going to look that up. It's like a, is that a German fighting game? Kaiser Knuckle? That sounds, sounds familiar, but I can't tell you if I've actually played it. So that's it not all the games? No, it says it's coming with 40. Oh, it's a fighting game, Kaiser Knuckles. Oh, okay. okay, that's a newer fighting game. Explains the six buttons, then. Uh, so <laughs> so these are games from all eras. you mm-hmm. you got 70s, 80s, and 90s. Oh, you're going all the yeah. way back to, I mean, Space Invaders, all the way up to, yeah, the late 90s. So before I get into the, the extra accessories, Taito has a pretty robust uh, arcade library. Oh, yeah. It's it's way stronger than someone something like Data East. Um, Taito, Taito's like a notch above that. Now, Taito's great. They um, have some of my favorite arcade releases. Zookeeper better fucking be on here. So I'm excited just from that alone that, you know, this could be something that, okay, I, I, I have not pulled the trigger any of these before. I think I almost bought the Neo Geo one that was on sale, but the Neo Geo had the problem with the joystick being yeah. squishy and not reactive, didn't have micro switches in it. And, I almost bought the uh, uh, Astro City. I might still, but I, I haven't. So that's interesting. But outside of this, it's going to cost about $170. Yep. So that's a little bit pricier than you expect. But you got the rotating cabinet. you got 40 games. So it has a couple of accessories that are, I think are cool. Um, it, well, it has, it has a, a th- three accessories. I'll go in least importance <laughs> to most importance. It has a standard six-button, like, D-pad extra controller with, with, you know, like a standard. A gamepad. Gamepad. Then it has basically a double joystick layout of what you get. It almost looks like it can pop out from what it was, and it's you know it has your ball top joystick and six buttons. Okay, who cares, right? Now it has the the special controller that has a trackball, a mini trackball, and a spinner and two action buttons on it. That's what gets me. And it includes games designed for that. Yes, it includes. So this is there's going to be ten. They have they've only announced six, but Strike Bowling, Arkanoid, Plump Pop. Uh, Savalion, Camel Tree, and Arkanoid Returns. Um, I love <clears throat> something you've probably picked up about me if you've listened to the podcast is that I really love arcade games that use special controls yes. that aren't joysticks and buttons. It and gives what you I hate to play it. Yeah. And what I hate is when those get ported and they try to shove them into a joystick. Uh, control scheme. It never works. So being able to play some of these neat games, Arkanoid is, you're not playing Arkanoid unless you're playing Arkanoid with a spinner. Yes, it's a totally different experience. Yeah, absolutely different. So hopefully the spinner is of decent uh, quality. 
Uh, Sylvalian, I got to look it up. That's that weird shooter where you're a dragon. Yes. I always forget that one. Was that on Genesis? I don't believe so. I'm trying to remember what console that was on. Um, Strike Bowling, I'm trying to see what era, if that was an early bowling game or not. Uh, 82, that's an early one, but that's, you know, it's still probably fun to play that, those early uh, bowling games. And then, of course, Arkanoid is the king of the ball, you know, paddle and ball games. And Camel Tree will be really cool, too. Camel Tree uses the... um the trackball uh it had a release in in the super on the super nintendo but i can't remember what they called it here you rotate a maze around yeah you rotate a maze and well, kind of like that one coming on the play date kind of kind of sort yeah. of so camel tree will be fun on that what the fuck did they call it in the u.s the the the, the box art on camel tree and the super is literally a camel looking at the ball <laughs> it's a funny looking uh, logo there so okay so we have something that differentiates this Mini from the Neo Geo one already and from the Sega one, the two most famous, you know, Mini, mini cabinets, right? So that, that's, that's the one thing I like to point out when I, when I look at this. On the ball. That's what it's called on the Super Nintendo. On the ball? Yeah. So, again, it comes down to price and you're interested in the rest of these games. Uh, and you do get the SD card slot with this uh, paddle trackball controller. So... Yeah, they're kind of paywalling the ability probably to... to I thought you shook your head, no. Uh, pay, no. Paywalling you maybe to uh, jailbreak it and put no, it on I other think, ROMs? I, I thought there was a SD card on the uh, main unit, too. Uh, I don't see that listed here uh, in this Verge article. Uh, but it, it's, it is with the, uh, the paddle, though. Um, oh, no, there is an SD card. Yeah. Oh, no, the expansion says... No, it just says SD card with 10 games preloaded on the trackball. So, okay, wait to reconfirm that. If, if it's going to have an SD card. Oh, no, there is an SD card. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm an idiot. So it's okay. It's not paywalled. All right, cool. So it's it's spendy, though. If you want everything, even if you just want minimum, the unit and the expansion controller is going to cost you $200. Almost $300. $280. Yeah. Extra, the extra uh, little arcasic is 80 bucks for the mini little. That's, that's pricey. So that's where I pass. Um, I mean, as much as I yeah. like this, 300 bucks. You can do a lot with three hundred bucks. That isn't this, and I mean I love it. Like and then, and then they force you to get. I can't. If you want to get everything, uh, get the limited bundle that has the base unit, the three extra controllers. You get an, you get a soundtrack for four hundred and fifty dollars. And I'm looking at the money. I'm like, let's say one ten, one two eighty. You're not really saving anything by getting that bundle. It's like you're not. It's just uh, to keep you from having to hunt it all down. Yeah. So yeah, that it's a shame. Hopefully this you see a sale this comes down. I mean, God, even if that controller was only like sixty bucks, I think that would be like impulse. But okay, sixty bucks for the controller, I'll go. My for only it. hope is that um, hundred and ten bucks, you're getting a metal fucking spinner on there. Oh, it better it look it looks metal. It, look, it better damn well it, be sure. for that much money. Yes, I mean, metal spinner better be a weighted goddamn oh, metal. At this spinner. point, almost all the aftermarket ones are cute little mini spinner. Yeah, um, that's where I. That's the only thing that I'm sort of down on is the overall price. Uh, when it comes to that, but no, and then plus they haven't revealed the rest of the games yet. I'm not sure what they're, if they're doing a slow sort of burn. And okay, we'll get the games out slowly and surely, like how they did that with the Sega. You know, they, they had to wait on yawning Triceratops on the on the Sega Mini, right? Uh, no, that wasn't on. <laughs> That's only on the, the At Games ones, right? Yeah, yeah. So, all right, well, we'll see. Like, if it goes on sale at Neo Geo one, I'll be I'll be on board at 170 bucks without the extra paddle trackball. Eh, that's a lot of money. Oh, by the way, there's also a little marquee thing on top, it looks like, uh, on, on the picture to add, I guess, little placards for individual games. But I don't know if I didn't read about it coming with any, though. 
So because this is not in English, this uh, this trailer so far. Well, there you go. That's that's our uh, that's our little mini 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 coverage of the week. Yeah. Uh, Ian, we have a Patreon. We do. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go. You give some money. We give. Uh, you give some money. You, give, you, you, you pledge your support. Ian. We give thanks in return. Um, Patreon writing once a week for Patreon me. Patreon writing once a week. Hang out uh, for me full, once a month. Full, full, full video podcast. That's right. Hangouts and uh, Patreon poll topics that you, you can vote in. You, the viewer, can vote on. In second place, we have a 60 40 split. I was like a 60 40 clean split. Retro games slash consoles you regretted selling. Oh, no, 40%. And in the first place, speaking of mini arcades, will arcades ever be a thing again, or are those days long gone? Um, I don't think they're long gone at all. I, I think uh, arcade, I don't know if it will be a temporary boom, but I with every... with. Getting, we're, we're in the process of getting out of pan, the pandemic. We're in the process of vaccinating, getting healthy again, and being able to go and do things like we always did. And I think um, arcades are going to see a huge bump in uh, business during that period of time. I think barcades and arcades in general were doing pretty good prior to the pandemic as well, especially if you add food or booze to them. They were becoming slowly a... Like like a new bowling alley sort of experience, right? Yes, they 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 were um, becoming something that people actually did when thought of when they would go out at night. When barcades first came around, they were a novelty. I remember hearing about the first barcade and being like, "Oh, that's crazy!" And they're like, "Well, it's in Portland, you know, you'll have to go." I mean, it's not like it was the only one or the first one, but well, there wasn't con- a lot. But ground control was the big one that everyone knew of. Yeah. But now every city has a couple of them, and I think people are really warming up to this idea of going out, having some food and a drink, and throwing quarters into games they used to know. And the great thing about this is it gives a place for newer redemption games and stuff like that to get a home too, which gets people out to check out the new stuff. It's a really nice. What did Dave and Buster's? It's it's Dave and Buster's, but I think it's Dave and Buster's done better because I don't know of anyone who's ever gone to Dave and Buster's and hasn't said, well, I wish they had something a little bit older here. Dave and Buster's is, you know, I have a good time when I go. I don't go very often, but it's neat. But it is nice to have a fuller mix of the games. But to the point of, the, of this question, Dave Buster is still an arcade. You may yes. not like the selection, but it's an arcade. It is. Yeah. Um, so I know that there was that period of time in like 2005, 2010, even 2015 maybe, where it looked like arcades were really doing poorly. And yes, the arcade business has died down in... I'd say from, from the yeah, 2002 to 2010, it looked bad. Yeah. Uh, and I know the arcade business is dying down in Japan, and that's not – it's sad. We've seen some locations close, especially over the past year, um, some locations close that will not reopen, which is a real bummer. Uh, that one building of the Sega arcade and then that one arcade that was like – I can't remember the exact name, but was built to kind of resemble Kowloon Walled City closed down. But people often forget that when the arcade business in Japan, when you say it's doing badly, the arcade business in Japan is much huger than it is here. So it's not like they're dwindling away to nothing. They're closing, but there's still arcades in a lot of places in of Japan. There's still, places as they're well. still very popular. Parlors. It's just they can't maybe yeah. hold on to the the um, the amount of them that they had in like the late 90s and early 2000s. Sure. But it's not like there is no arcade culture in Japan. Capita, it exists. It's, it's way bigger than ours. Yes, it, it still exists, just not at the same you know uh, level that it did when it was exploding in the mid-90s. I'm um, looking at the Dave and Buster's history. 
Um, they have 140 locations right now. Um, they temporarily closed all of them due to the pandemic. So the reason I bring that up because that's the biggest arcade chain in the U.S. It's only it's like the only arcade chain. Yeah, Dave and Buster's that counts. You may not like them. I think they're fine for what they are. It gets people out playing games. I've had good fine. times at them. Yeah, they have all the new games. They have redemption machines, and they'll they'll throw a couple of classic like you know like the multi cage shit in there. They'll, they'll I found that. that really depends yeah. based on location, but some of them do have stuff. Some of them, yeah, it's a multi cage yeah. corner. Like the local one, which I haven't been to in years and years, I still have the freaking cards laying around. It was fine. It's a fine experience. I mean, it, we're talking about we're, we're we're the people we're the like we're the people that want to play like the esoteric and weird shit. Most people don't know that stuff, right? You know, so you got to appeal to a large audience. So they did an IPO in 2014. They launched a second IPO in 2014. So they're they they've been doing great the past ten years at least. What's an IPO? IPO. Oh, IPO. Gotcha. Uh, it's your, it's your uh, stock offering. Yeah. Um. So I don't know what it's at now. They raised $94 million to use for debt payments. They're on NASDAQ. So arcades will be here for a bit. I think what the pandemic did to a lot of people, people went stir crazy. People want to do activities. They want to be social. They want to interact, even with strangers. Me going to the baseball game, I wanted to be around. I, re- I forgot how it was to be around people, to hear people's voices and to see their emotions and you know, to see them, to hear them, and to, to laugh la- at someone else's chatter that to, they yeah. to see the idiots that dance on the big screen, people you don't know, but they're having fun, they're dancing. One guy lifted up his shirt, and the whole crowd laughed at him. You know, while he was dancing, like these are simple things. We are communal creatures. We are not. We are not. You know, solitary creatures, humans. So arcades um, are are fun. It's a gathering spot. For people that know each other, you play games. There's people you don't know. Hey, can I play with you guys? Sure. Come. You can be Donatello. We need a for- Like, arcades are super important. Even outside of the gaming element, that you can't play some of those games at home uh, easily, and it's not the same experience. Arcades are super important. Um, I mean, I almost invested in, in a barcade that would have opened potentially if there wasn't a pandemic. It was, we were planning on potentially doing something last year. And I get asked to potentially be involved with other ones. And I, I might do it at some point still. My buddy Skyler's opening one at the end of this year. Is that the plan? Yeah. And then this year? So, you know, so there's, there's, there's reasons for these to exist. They've brought back uh, arcade games in terms of uh, they've helped to uh, do preservation. Because for a lot of times, these, these were being chucked, these machines. Uh, again, after the late 90s, arcades were dying very quickly. And these games, you couldn't give away all, some of these games. Um, but now there's like a thriving scene of collectors and preservationists. Unfortunately, that means the price has gone up, but it is what it is. People are interested in this stuff again. Neo Geo machine used to be 150 bucks. Now they're several hundred dollars. Like that's just right. the way it's, 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 that's still one of the best deals in arcade gaming. Play know, choice 10, play choice 10s. They couldn't give away 20 years ago at auctions. I was there. They couldn't give away a play choice. 10. Like, that's like 120 bucks. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. Now you'd be, you'd be dying for a play choice 10. So uh, I think arcades will be around, um, and I don't think it'll ever, at the point where there'll be a bubble potentially because it's hard to get a lot of these machines quickly and cheaply, um, and you need a bunch of arcades and excuse me, a bunch of machines in order to open a business, a good amount of them. So I think they're going to be. I don't think we're ever going to get to a point like Japan, where they're probably you know a major city. It could be one in every other block. I don't know, or every few blocks. But yeah, every major city probably at this point probably has at least a couple of arcades. We have two barcades here. We're not even counting like uh, like what like Nickel City. Uh, well, we have coin op. We have coin house and coin op. I thought it was two coin ops. It's coin there's ha- two coin ops. Okay. There's two coin ops, and then there's uh, coin house as okay, well. Okay, so we have three. Okay, I yes. didn't know there was a third one. Oh, okay. I've, I've I've only been to one of the coin ops. I've been to the one coin op in North Park. I think. I think I've been to all three of those. They're all pretty good. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, we, I mean, we don't have one right here. Yeah, I, I think maybe uh, where we live, there could be room for one, but we'll see. We'll, you know, there's a beach town with no arcade. Frankie said there used to be an arcade right by the beach. It was great. It's like eh, kind of shocking there isn't one. But we, you know, Pacific Beach has an arcade, and you know, Mission Beach has a has their few little mini boardwalks. So you know, there's does PB have one? I don't know if PB has an arcade. I gotta think, look that up. Mm, I don't think it does. That's, that's surprising. Being that's a tourist town. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they'll be around, and um, and they're still making new arcade games. They're still making, uh, you know, Nintendo makes new arcade games. Um, for stuff like their, you know, like their Mario Kart games, and a lot of shooting games are still made regularly. The Alien one that came out a few years oh, yeah. ago. There's, Those games are everywhere. Obviously, pinball machines are made regularly now every year. Or in a, never thought we'd ever be, see that. Yeah, again. we have we have now multiple yeah. companies. Yeah, a handful of companies making machines when they were just down the stern for like 10, 12, 13 years. You know, we had one in the world. We had one pinball machine manufacturer. That's insane. Yeah. So what if Stern said, "Fuck this, we're out." We would have had none for you know a decade. So yeah, no, I'm 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 happy that we're, we're we we see this, and uh, you know now do I wish there'd be more for kids? Sure, uh, there, there was the one we had the mall downtown that had an arcade that I think they might have went out of business, uh, but we you know maybe, maybe we can get we can get uh, Chuck E. Cheese back 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 there. Is Chuck E. Cheese surviving? Are they all closed down? I think Chuck E. Cheese is, 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 has come back. They're still around, so that's that's your kitty version of that. So so we got arcades for everyone, Ian. I'm happy about that. Woo. Maybe maybe you'll see me uh, have my own personalized Rolling Thunder cabinet in an arcade that I that I'm you know I go in on with other people. We'll see. This portion of the CU podcast is sponsored by NordVPN. It's what I use to keep myself safe online, and you can too. If you care about the security and privacy of your online presence, take control of your internet experience today with NordVPN. I've used NordVPN when traveling at hotels, restaurants, airport. It's it's fantastic. Or you just use it at home when. You want peace of mind in general when you're on the internet. NordVPN secures your internet. All your internet data stays safe behind a wall of next generation encryption. Strict no logs policy. They don't track, collect, or share your private data. It's none of their business. VPN servers everywhere. Choose from 5,400 and more servers in 59 countries. Enjoy the internet with no limits or borders. P2P is welcome here. Share large files with no hassle thanks to hundreds of secure P2P servers. And there's worldwide access. Enjoy instant secure access to hundreds of streaming websites worldwide. It works on multiple devices. One account lets you connect up to six of them. Secure them all in any combination and use with ease. It's just a click. Using NordVPN is as simple and as intuitive as making your morning coffee. Take control of your internet experience today with NordVPN right now. You can get a two-year plan at a huge discount at nordvpn.com slash podcast and use code podcast to get an additional bonus month free. It's And it's all risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's nordvpn.com slash podcast to take control of your internet again. Uh, Ian, we got voicemails. We do. How do you access the voicemails, Ian? Do you know how to do this yet? Mm-mm. Anchor.fm slash the CU podcast. That's the home for the audio podcast. You, you, you viewers on YouTube, you want to listen to us in your car or on your I, iPod while you're working out on your iPhone while you're playing Raid Shadow Legends. Uh, you can you can download it as well. And uh, so you can leave us a short uh, voice message uh, and uh, tell us that you love or hate us. Here's our first one. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Josh. Whoa. What's up? 
Um, question for the both of you, Pat. What's the uh, craziest uh, game or anything that you found at the uh, at the flea market? Ian, same thing for you. What's the uh, rarest game anyone's ever traded into the uh, store? Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. All right, Josh. Rarest game that has been traded into the store. I think I own that, but is that the rarest thing? Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, it wasn't an actual. The story is. Yes, that would be that. Um, Nintendo World Championships. Nintendo World Championships. Um, the thing that I actually saw during a trade-in that was the rarest thing would be um, probably the uh, Vectrex 3D Imager that I got. Was it in the box? Yeah, it had the extra wheels and everything, too. It had the box? Yeah. Oh, it has one. Oh, I had the, there's, there's two different wheels. Yeah, had the it, one for... I had the, one that came with Minesweeper uh, and the other one. For, Not uh, Minesweeper. What the hell is that damn thing? For 3D, the 3D Monster Storms. game, I thought there was even another one, but I could have been wrong. There's two different wheels. Okay, yeah, one one the for, crazy coaster or roller coaster one, and then the Minesweeper one. Yeah, the the, the 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 second wheel works for the other two 3D games. That's right. Okay, uh, crazy coaster is funny as hell because you go and you fall off and die off the mm-hmm. roller coaster. It's a weird fucking game. Uh, what rarest thing I found at the flea market? Well, non gaming, it would be that a military grade night scope uh, that I have to get repaired. I got for ten bucks, and at the time it was probably worth a thousand bucks that I probably should have sold. But anyway, uh, but it's cool. It's like, oh, you, got night, you got night vision; it worked great. Going, you know. uh, in terms of game, I'm not the ter- person to ask about finding rare games. But from Wario, I did buy a Zombie Nation that he, you know, he had for like ten bucks or fifteen bucks. Um, that's hard to find. That that would be the NES game that was the hardest to find that I found for a deal. Uh, but then I also found that I have a sealed uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. Uh, was that Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on Xbox, which is kind of uncommon, but it's sealed. So that's something. And a Jaguar complete in box. I mean, it's uncommon. But nothing. I've never found something so rare. I did find, I still own, I do have a couple of demo prototype lab copies of a, a few Atari uh, 2600 games that are probably not one of a kind, but, you know, there's probably not a ton of those out there. Those are the rarest things. All right. Next. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Nathan from Portland, Oregon, and I was wondering, what's your favorite console based not on library, but on console design and overall aesthetics? Hmm. Ian probably has a couple lined up. I, it went in one... I, console it, aesthetics. What, what consoles do you like just for the aesthetic? Oh, uh, Dreamcast. I love the way the Dreamcast looks. Looks like a weird little futuristic waffle maker. I've always fucking loved the way that system looks. Oh, okay. Um, and I do like the way the PC Engine Duo looks. Uh, and the original PC Engine is cute, although there are lots of designs from uh, NEC that I did not like. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Shuttle PC Engine, which a lot of people... That gray see, thing? People love it, but I'm not a huge fan of it. Why, why, why did they do that again? Was it compatible with a different CD? I can't remember. And then uh, the Super Graphics looks like shit. <laughs> no, that thing looks like a, a, like a weapon, or, or that looks like a bomb. It's so weird. It's, it's yeah. very, very no, weird. they went off the rails. The, the, the Turbo Graphics design is horrible. They should have made it... Yeah, the Turbo Graphics... Uh, they should have made it like a PC like engine. They but anyways, this, engine. Is, this is about uh, the aesthetics that we like. Yes. I love the way... I like Turbo Express. That's a cute little design. The second model Neo Geo Pocket Color. I love the slim one. Looks great. Um, I think the Vita is a great piece of hardware. I think the Dreamcast looks awesome. And I'll always like they the way the... GameCube looks controversial. I like how the, the original Sega Genesis. Oh yeah, looks. me too. Yeah, it's it's a and, fantastic. And pair system. with the with the with the the, the front loading 
I love the combo of that with the Sega CD, the original Sega CD. Mm-hmm. It looks nice. I hate the second Sega CD. So I understand it's less mechanisms. I hate how it looks. I don't like the way the Model 2 Genesis really looks either. Model 1 yes. Genesis all the way. Yeah, I hate the Model 2 Genesis. The Model 1 with, with the under CD loading. Yeah. I love it. I, like it. I don't know why I did that. Should have went nice. Okay. Uh... Hey, Pat Man. This is Phil. I'm from Portland, Oregon. Um, I actually... Uh, I used to work at Ground Control, and I met you guys. What a coincidence! Um, during one of the things, and you guys came into Ground Control, and I actually played a game of Pac-Man Battle Royale with you. But anyway, oh, uh, this question is for Ian because huh. we both like beat 'em ups. Um, I, I love like beat 'em ups. Oh, I. What do you feel about the fact that um, invincibility frames on boss battles, where they, you, no matter how much you punch them, they're still going to pull off a super move? What do you think, Ian? Uh, they're annoying, but I mean, I think it's all kind of part of learning just how to play the game. It, it, it's timing. You got to learn when to go yeah. in and when not to go in. Otherwise, you'd blow through the game. Yeah. Uh, it, it's one of those things that, like, early on playing beat em ups, it always annoyed me. But when I actually kind of relearned how to play beat em ups uh, mm-hmm. in my head, yeah. uh, they're fine. Like the X Men game, you got to realize a bit, there's a time where you can't attack them, you got to back off, and then you go in for the kill after they do the attack. You know, the same yep. way, like, like when, after you knock down, you know, uh, Bebop and Ninja Turtles, you got to give them time to reorient. It's, 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 you know, it's like, it's like an honor system thing. Yeah. Got to get in, get a couple punches in and back off. Yeah. That's it. Otherwise, you spend one quarter playing the game. If you yeah. just slam the buttons. You know, there's got to be some balance to they got they got hey Konami's got to earn their money and sort of the operators of the arcades. Okay. Hey guys, this is Duffy from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm curious as to what your favorite Lucas Arts or Lucas Film game is of all time. Oh, Thank God. you. God, um, that's tough. God, t- t- uh, X-wing CD or Tie Fighter CD are brilliant. Um, those are up there uh, to me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's a hard choice for me, but um, Full Throttle is really, really good. It's a really good one. Good. I brought that from my friend in high school. It's not like the theme and all of that wasn't really my thing, but I just remember more. Like, obviously, I love Sam and Max. I, I do. I love Sam and Max at the road. Never beat that when I had um, it as a teen. And I, I like Day of the it, Tentacle. It's funny, but if there was one that I was going to go back, like if you told me, Hey, today you've got to go and replay a LucasArts game. I, I would pick full throttle. I remember like really it a lot. It. I think I played through it twice. Very and, good uh, I remember the story being fun. I can't remember a thing about it now. And the voice acting was good. I, yeah, I can't remember the plot of that game, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a really good game. Mm-hmm. And it, it was during that time. They were still doing like the one-off games like that and doing like uh like like they did they did the dig right was that them the dig was yeah. their their notorious failure and the dig came uh, after full throttle but they uh, tried yeah they tried they tried to do like these one off ideas and mm-hmm. now it's just like oh everything's Star Wars like like they tried to do these interesting no they had things. it was the yeah. era where they could still have IP they could have their own yeah. their own property All right, next. Hey, Pat and Ian. Brian from Georgia here. Love the show. My question is for Pat. Oh. I was listening to some older CU podcast episodes and heard you mention that you got two Lego castle sets for Christmas as a kid. This piqued my interest as vintage Lego castle is one of my favorite things to collect besides video games. Just wanted to know if you had any favorite sets growing up or if you still have any of them today. Thanks. No, I, I sold them and I shouldn't have it. You know, you're like the late 90s. You need money or cash. Right. Who knows? They'd be worth them. I mean, they're, they're not worth a ton of money. They're worth like, you know, if you got the box, like 150, 200 bucks. Um, favorite ones. I had about five or six. I had, I had the little grayish castle and I had the bigger black, the black Marnock 
castle. I don't know off the top of my head. So the two, I had two castles. I had the Sh- I had Sherwood Forest, which is I guess part of the castle collection, it was like the Robin Hood type of little. Spin-off. It was like the mini set, I think. It was a smaller oh, the, I had set. A full, I had a fuller one. Oh, okay. I had a full. Oh, I think I remember that one. one. So I had those three big ones. But the, what, what I liked about Lego is they had like three tiers of toys. They had the big ones. Like, let's say with GI Joe, the big stuff, the medium stuff, and the small stuff. So I I I had a little catapult mini set, which is great. It worked. You fired the little, you know, like the little barrel shaped little little peg things. Mm-hmm. Fired little guys. Uh, and then I had I the coolest one I actually had. This is actually my favorite. There was a jousting competition set. It was so stupid. Oh, I think I had, my brother had that. I one. had the king and the goblet and the barrel, even on the cover to show him getting the drink. Yep, yeah. And the and the princess and the had the, it came with a, I think a couple of knights. And it had the little bar in the middle and you little jazz. And it was probably a cheaper set than my parents. Got. It was probably like a $9 set back in like whenever, 90 when they got it for me. That was probably my favorite because it was so stupid. Who doesn't and, want jousting sets? It really tested your imagination by buying the little, the little additional sets for like the castles. Like, oh, what are they going to do in their leisure time? They're not always battling the evil. They got to they gotta have fun. On, on, you know, they got to relax and unwind on the weekend, right? Nights, <laughs> they had to. Yeah. Uh, I skipped them by accident. Hey, Pat Nian, it's Doug from Ohio. I just finished watching the documentary Class Action Park on HBO Max. I was wondering if you guys had any memories of the park while growing up in uh, New York and New Jersey in the 80s and 90s when it was a thing. Thanks. All the stories were, hey, hey, look at the rash I got this weekend from from sliding down the uh, the Alpine thing. Or, oh, I heard this guy got hurt and the people did get hurt and killed. So it wasn't just like stories. Because they were highly dangerous things at Action Park. And I think it reopened. They reopened in some capacity. But I never went there. My parents wouldn't have allowed it. I was too young. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of t- – I was the youngest – it was tough being – I was the youngest boy in my block by two years. Um, it was tough being the youngest boy because he got picked on. But you heard the stories from the teenagers. You know, besides them, you know, shoplifting. Hey, how, how did Scott get a brand-new Calgary Flames uh, – Sweater. Oh, he stole it from Herman's Sports at the mall. <laughs> like, but so you're around this not criminal element. They're teenagers shoplifting shit. But you hear them go to ch- all Action teenagers Park. are a criminal element. But you hear them go to Action Park and you hear the stories and you know people got fucked up. People got fucked up at Action Park, and a handful of people died uh, at Action Park. Usually from the wave pool that would get an electrocute with like a like a like a wire that wasn't grounded in like the wave yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, no, I want to see the documentary. Yeah, I still need uh, to see that. It, it was rumored, but it was confirmed. There was actually on video of the fucking, the 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 loop de loop slide that somehow was allowed to exist because they had no safety protocols. So apparently that uh, was open for very yes, because very people because people were that was like an urban legend until oh no we got on get video trapped in there they got trapped or just fucking fell upside down because if you didn't have no men to go upside down a water like that's insane. That's it. You know, quick, you got to go to do that. And that's probably not safe to do that anyway. Yeah. That's action park though. They did it. They did the John. It was a, what's his name? Did the movie from uh jacket to the whole movie based, basically based upon like an action park sort of thing, uh, which by the way, he's, they're doing one more jackass movie. Uh, he, Knoxville. He's retiring. He's 50. He's going to, he put himself through one more time. I'm risking his fucking life. God bless him. Jesus. Why, why, why Johnny? Why? For you be break a break a hip. Hey, Pat and Ian. Brent from Wisconsin here. My mom was one of those who would buy Christmas presents throughout the year and forget about them on occasion. What? Due to this, I have an sealed, sealed, Days sealed. of Thunder for the NES. How much do you think Heritage would overprice this for? <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Well, here's the well, that's funny. Okay, so your mom would buy you presents and forget about them. God, that would be a great childhood to have. Oh, by the way, I got you like seven gifts throughout the year and 
here they are. Um, well, it's not Harrods overpricing things. It's the speculative buyers that are, that are overpricing things. Those those people that that think that this is gonna be the next, you know, rare baseball cards or comic book uh, set. Like best of luck with your sealed days of thunder. Like I got a sealed winter games in twenty six hundred. I got there. Yeah, you do. Hey, Pat oh. and Ian. This is uh, Jim from Wisconsin again. Uh, there's a lot of guest characters in Mortal Kombat nowadays. I was just wondering uh, your two top picks of characters you would like to see in there. Personally, I would like to see Doom Guy and The Mask from the comic, not the Jim Carrey version. Uh, just wondering uh, your thoughts on that. Uh, okay. So when did Mortal Kombat become like the Smash Brothers, but for like adult properties? It must have happened the past few years where they're adding more. They got, the, they got Stallone in there now, voicing Rambo. It started with the DLC stuff that Freddy uh, Krueger and Jason in, the, in nine, and then ten took it further. And then Robo, uh, RoboCop's in there, I think. Yeah, Robert Cop. Isn't, isn't the Xenomorph in there? Xenomorph, uh, Predator. Yeah, can't remember if those are all in eleven or th- that might have been spread between ten and eleven. But yeah, they get a lot of. They got Stallone. They got the Arnold doing Terminator. I want to see Bolo Young in there as Chong Lee. Okay, not Van Dam. You just want to get on Bolo. Sure, they have, isn't it a shock how they never got Van Dam in one of these games when he was inspiration for Johnny and almost was Johnny Cage Street Fighter the movie. No, but you never got him in a Mortal Kombat. Like, yeah, you think that they'd, they'd put him in at some point? That'd be nice. You owe royalties. The old royalties there midway to our man there. Uh, do a few more here. Patrick, what? Ian, Ryan from Saginaw here. I'm trying to get into the great game of golf, and that got me thinking. What's the best golf game you've ever played, and why is it Neo Turf Masters? Oh, it's so hard. Thank you. Such I a... keep hearing about this game. i got to play it at some point. I, li- I like golf games. You never played Neo Turf Masters? No. Okay, Neo Turf Masters. That's not why I play in the arcade. I wouldn't fire that one up for my quarter. Neo Turf Masters in the arcade is amazing. Um, and the Neo Turf Masters on the pocket system is actually really, really fucking good, too. Um, Neo Turf Masters is legitimately at the top of my list for favorite golf games. Uh, but I also have to shout out... Um, the Hot Shots Golf Series, I've always loved. Oh, I heard that. Uh, particularly four and um, the one that they put on the Vita World Invitational. I played the shit out of it. Uh, the one on the PS4, actually, I should play a little bit more of. I didn't play as much as I should have. Um, with Mario Golf coming out this month, I might have missed my opportunity on that. But how dare you? As even. much as I like the Mario Golf games as well, uh, the Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color ones are good. I do think I would say Neo Turf Masters and. Um, Pick your favorite hot shots, but I really like the hot shot series. Uh, Lee Trevino's Fighting Golf. No, but uh, I, I, I try to think of my favorite golf game. I, re- I remember I played the one of the earlier EA ones in the mid nineties on the PC, and it was really fun and good. I, I remember I remember getting it down so well. One that of the old Lynx games, maybe or something like that. Whatever EA was doing in like ninety five. I think I think electric. Oh, that that would have been um, PG. They did the PGA World Tour stuff. But I remember having a blast playing that. And yeah. I was so good in the timing at that point. Dude, on the computer, you're using a mouse click. And the yeah. graphics were... I always liked graphics playing were, those games because the graphics were kind of nice, too. Well, they were like... Obviously not... You're talking like, like mid-90s. They were like still sprite-based, yeah. but like 3D. It was yeah. like an earlier 3D. I always one. liked looking good. at them. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was cool. It was, you had to fly over and stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Alan from California again. Two questions. Hope it won't take too long. 
but I've been re-watching the video game years, and one of my favorite segments is um, Ian's top pinball machines of each year. So that led me to wonder, what are your top five pins? Um, And my second question, hope it's not too personal, what brought you guys out to California? Thanks. Well, I think we answered that before. I, I wanted a fresh start in San Diego and I wanted to do writing screenwriting in particular, be closer to LA. Um, obviously I never came a screenwriter, but I, I wrote a lot of stuff while I've been well, out here. And that's why I came out here. Um, I just needed uh, a change of pace. And yeah. the lady that I was dating at the time had moved out here. And I said, well, I mean, I, did, right. I, I went months later. She had been out here for a couple of years, but we got into a relationship through her visiting home and it just seemed like a good I needed that spark, that catalyst. It wasn't like yeah, I need a spark. You know, even at that age, it wasn't like I was, I wasn't chasing this lady because I thought she was going to be who I was with forever. But I was like, I enjoy where we were at at the time, and I was like, I fuck it, let's just go. You need you at some point, you got to stop planning, and you just have to say, I'm doing it, and get up and do it. Yeah. And it's terrifying, especially yeah. with a big move like that. But you just you got to do it. So yeah, it's um, wasn't a fun time. A lot of moving parts. Especially with the the job I had at the time and packing up the fucking game collection. And moving uh, cross country sucks for a lot of reasons, but oh I mean boy. it's worth it in the end. I mean, God, they lost one box of mine, an important box of movers, and they were like these shifty fucking Hoboken uh, moving moving company, but they were like a thousand bucks less than the other moving company, like the professional ones you see on like commercials. Then they lost one box. I was like, that, and they only broke like one thing. And I was like, oh, that's that's good for the amount of shit I have. They didn't break any game stuff. Yeah, yeah, but they did lose that Nintendo Power. Tips cassette. We're getting off topic, though. And my my plush Donkey Kong that I had from when I was a kid. What are your top five favorite pinball machines, Pat? Uh, Medilla Manis is up there. Uh, Doctor Dude. Um, uh, God. Top pinball machines. Pinball machines. I, I just name some, and I'll say if I like them or not. Just go off. That's no fun. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm 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 not in a good mood right now. So I don't know. Uh, Baywatch, my guilty pleasure arcade game. Uh, Dirty Harry's fun. Baywatch has got a ton of ramps. It's just fun. Yeah. Uh, Dirty Harry's really fun from I remember. And the the, the, the 93 or 92 uh, Star Wars, the original Star Wars arcade, was fantastic to me. Oh, Indiana Jones. The original Indiana Jones. Oh, you don't have any top five. Okay. No, I, mean, I do, but he asked you. I oh, think, he asked I, me. I think the whole point was that oh. people know what I like in terms of pinball because of that segment, but they don't know what you like. Oh, okay. One more. Hey, Pat, One more. Ian, Jonathan from Denver again. Two Happy more. birthday, Pat. You talked about your birthday. Started bringing up Ginzan stories as a fellow <laughs> Italian kid who married a woman from Brooklyn. Nice. And got the whole Brooklyn family with it. Out here in, in Colorado, we always got called Dagos. The Ginzan thing was lost on us. So I'll say, hey, bring up your best Dago stories. <laughs> Let's hear about growing up Italian. I love that stuff because it... Reminds me of getting slapped in the back of the head by uh, Union steel worker hands. My grandfather. You know how it is. Um, yeah, keep us aware. Wait a man. minute. Thanks. So wait, he's trying to... What are my favorite ethnic slur stories? Is that what he's trying what to What are your favorite like? stories about being an Italian as a child? Um, well, I, I, the Christmases are great. I'm going to... Hanging out with the, my grandfather's, you know, buddies at the, yeah, they had like the, you know, the Elks Club sort of man club slash pool place, I guess, one of those giant places, and being around those guys and 
Uh, they're not. They, he never played bocce. My grandfather it was just horseshoes. I love bocce. Bocce's fun though. Bocce. If I want to be an old Italian man, I want. I love play all bocce. those lawn games. Bocce, horseshoes, cornshaw, cornhole, cornshaw, cornshaw. Well, that's something corn, else. Corn um, I actually looked up ethnic slurs because I wanted to know where Dago came from, and Dago is actually one of the nicer ethnic slurs on the list. It's actually one of those. Okay, that one's not horrible compared to some of the other ones on there. Uh, never was called an ethnic slur. Um, I was called the N-word as a kid a couple of summers. Uh, that was not fun, especially because, well, well I, I used to tan really darkly. I mean, like, I, I really tan when I was out in the summer. Like, it was, it was really tan. So I was called that. That was not fun. I cried the one time. Especially a bunch of kids I didn't know, too. That was weird. Um, and then... Um, no, that's, that's really about it. There was, it's all about, here's the big Italian thing. When you have the Italian grandparents, you went over for supper, supper eating. When you supper. eat that early, awesome afternoon dinner <laughs> on Sunday, you go over, you go over Sunday. Like three, four. Yeah. Like two thirty, three. you show up at two, you, you chat for a little bit. You sit down at three, you have your courses. It's, it's a fantastic concept. You get it out of the way early, you know? And um, we go over for supper for you know Sunday gravy. That's what you call it, yeah, as a, as in you know East Coast Italian. And that was the biggest memory. Uh, seeing my grandma always had the Andes uh, mint candies in the little bowl. You know, Patrick, you can have one. You get a little crystal out, a little crystal bowl. And, you, and I go down to my, you know, not really an Italian thing. But my father had a workshop down in the basement, and uh, yeah, those that that's the biggest memory is is is, is going over to the grandparents. Like you went over like. Twice a month, it was like so regular. We 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 drive down there mm-hmm. on Sunday. Then we visit the other the other grandparents. We're only like four blocks away. They're in the same town, so it was like you saw both pairs. So that was interesting. All right, a couple more here. We didn't do that long of a podcast this time, but that's good for Pat's psyche. Sometimes. Hey Pat. Hey Ian. This is this is Jordan from Seattle, Washington. My question for you is what popular movie or TV franchise were you surprised that never made an appearance on the original Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, whatever, either 8 or 16-bit console? My uh, example is Highlander. I'm surprised that it never made it onto the NES in the 80s. Any thoughts? Well, it should have made it on the Super Nintendo. That's what's so shocking. And I brought this up before. I think I mentioned it in a certain Super Nintendo guidebook. How the hell did we get a Time Tracks game? And not a Highlander, uh, the series game. I, I don't understand that. Um, Time Tracks was on for two seasons. Highlander, the series, was on for six. It was a much more popular show uh, in terms of syndication. You know, like you had it was the big three was Lorenzo Lamas and Renegade, Time Tracks, and Highlander, like the three action syndicated shows that came out in the early 90s. And to this day, I, yeah, you're cutting people's heads off in Highlander, but, but come on, like, let's get over that part. I'm shocked there wasn't a Highlander game. Outside of the, the shitty Jaguar cartoon uh, CD game, I'm shocked that that didn't happen. Um, I was always surprised that there wasn't a uh, a, um, a team game on the Nintendo. A little bit past his prime, though. Yeah, like well, that. uh, that's my true answer. But I looked it up. A team was 83 to 87, so mm-hmm. it would have been past the prime. But I just, I'm still surprised. It was very popular when it was around. Yeah, especially since we had a Knight Rider game that was. <laughs> Dead by the late 80s. Right, yeah, exactly. Maybe it was because it was too violent, even though people weren't going to kill the machine guns. There were, people were getting shot all the I mean, there Shot was, at. Shot at. No one ever got shot. More yeah. people got sh- shot in G.I. Joe. Yeah. I'm not making this up. They didn't A-team. No, I know. 
Um, that's what's so weird about that. Uh, the big one, uh, He-Man probably should have been one. Uh, it was yeah. still, they had the movie come out in like 89. It was past its prime by that point. Same sort of lifespan uh, as Thundercats, Voltron, all of those. I'm honestly very surprised. Voltron a little past the prime, but yeah, definitely, definitely uh, He-Man was, was the biggest. And Transformers was still fairly big by 87 at the movie. Like, you could have done that. G.I. Joe. I think. Well, I, and the thing is, though, about that time period is that they would have been past their prime, but they were still incredibly popular yes. with kids. I mean, you saw the, toys. The 80s. Well, that's what I'm getting at. There were still toys. So syndicated Hand, hand-me-downs were huge then. Like they were, even though they. And that's something that I always think about is a lot of the things that I think about weren't actually active when I knew them, but they were still well known. Like He Man, He Man should have been. They were in the public consciousness for far longer than what the runtime suggests. Yes. He Man had another cartoon series come out, and they had a live-action movie. Yeah, like it, it's the fact that there wasn't a He Man even on the Super Nintendo. Like it's it's it's, it's bizarre. Like that's it's bizarre. That'd be a home run, you know. Okay, we'll do one more here. Well, hey there, Ian and Pat. I just wanted to know: Do you guys cook with charcoal or propane? <laughs> I hope you say propane, but no bad blood if you say charcoal, or if you grill at all, and if you prefer any other flavor over the other. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks, Hank. Um, <laughs> no, I have not cooked with propane. I hear it's it's clean. It's clean. That's a good thing about propane. That made me happy. Good for the environment. Love, no propane for you, Ian? I love King of the Hill. Uh, it, is prop- it is propane at, at our apartment complex. We have a community, a communal grill. And a communal grill? There's okay, a communal like grill. The ones you see at the park that we're discussing, you had to like scrape no, it's off? No, it's a gas grill, and there's a line that runs from like the wall. So there's a legit gas hookup directly to it. There's no like re- replacement of canisters, and people are pretty good about sharing it. Uh, they're negotiating a King of the Hill revival. Mm. I think you can get some mileage out of that. I think modern things day are King fucking of the Hill weird be, enough yeah. that you can mine a lot of topics. You know, see how some characters evolved in the That's past. What I'm gonna do. I'm Here's... gonna go home. I'm gonna take a nap. I'm gonna watch some King of the Hill tonight. Is it, is it on Hulu? What is it on? It's on Hulu. Yeah. On Hulu. All right. I think I stole someone's Hulu. I think I got that uh, ready to go there. No. Uh, yeah. King of the Hill was brilliant. Uh, very sensible. Very very character oriented comedy. Uh, real people real people not family guy fucking bullshit real fucking people that's what yeah. I liked about fam- uh, King of the Hill is that it, it, everyone seemed very real yeah they're real characters the mom's hysterical she she taught Spanish but it had like the, you know the, the, she had no accent or dialect mm-hmm. at all she just <laughs> she did it like you know like white bread Spanish I love that sort of stuff who doesn't love Bobby I can't do the voice I used to be able to probably yeah I think I, I'd be into a revival I think that'd be... You gotta keep the characters the same age, though. Don't age them up too much. No, no, no. Don't, don't, come on. No, I don't. Because the show was on for like 10 years. I don't want Teenage Bobby. How was, it was on for like 10 years. You never heard about it, really. Because they didn't have like the pop culture stuff. And they didn't have the toys and stuff. It was... I loved it even when it was on, but it was one of those shows that I feel like really started to get recognized in its last couple seasons, and it got popular after the fact. They realized, oh, man, this was really good. This was good, good and we missed we it. Yeah. We should have paid it. Same thing with like Futurama. At least they brought Futurama back for... The handful of last season, or whatever they did, they they gave it they a proper did a couple setup. of seasons. <laughs> I think those. Uh, oh, you're talking. Oh, so they did the movie stuff. They did a mini season. They did so. Uh, yeah. Futurama had two issues. It got canceled, then repicked up by Cartoon Network. Finished into I think four seasons, and then they. No, my, whatever. Moving. They on. finished it off properly. Though, yes. Which is, which is good to see that. So, all right, that's it for the CU podcast. Bah. This was a fun one, right? It was. 
That's good. Like I got my got my loss of money out of the way, that energy out of the way early. Yeah, work it out of your system. Well, I got to call them and figure out what the hell's happened with Canadian shipping. What's going on up there, Canada? What's happening there? Did you shut down the roads? Like, like how did it, how did the cost triple? Like, what what's happening right now? I don't that's, know. That's weird. Bizarre. No good. No no good for Pat to lose that money. No good. No no bueno. No bueno. All right, well, that's it, and uh, we'll see you uh, later. Go go try some Raid Shadow Legends, and you'll get addicted.